kiddos, y'all are dismissed now for, uh, for Children's Church. <laughs> exciting. Very exciting. You bet. So, and uh, Pastor John will be preaching this morning. Um, and I, I just want to say, I, I think it's extremely unfortunate that, that John is the butt of so many jokes uh, that we, we have for him. Uh, I don't know what that is, um, but I, I love John and Jancy, and uh, I want you to know I have a renewed uh, just uh, thankfulness for Jancy. Jancy's my uh, ministry assistant in the office. I work from home as well, does a lot of things that people don't see behind the scenes. But after having to spend two nights with John in a hotel, I really have a lot more respect for Jancy. So, no, I, I, I'm completely joking. Uh, John is uh, my brother. Uh, from England, and I'm so grateful God's brought, brought him to our, uh, be a part of our church family, uh, to bless us, and, and so, um, he's gonna come and bring God's word this morning. So, Brother John, come on up. Thank you, Ryan. I have a, a newfound respect for Rachel as well. Um, uh, well, uh, Good morning, everybody. Um, it's uh, it's really Ryan's given me a really easy subject to talk about uh, this week. Um, and if you don't know, it's Genesis three is the story of Adam and Eve and when sin entered the world. So uh, I hope just hold hold tight because uh, I'm hoping that there's going to be something that the Lord really wants to speak to you about today. And I hope you feel encouraged and built up and lifted up, not downtrodden and downcast and beaten up, okay? So is everyone with me on that? You want to feel encouraged and lifted? Uplifted? Some of you do, some of you don't. You, 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 yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you for the cheers. Thank you. All right. It's just partly that, that you understand what I'm saying is actually uh, is more of it. But um, But we're going to be carrying on our series looking through the patriarchs and and their stories and from the beginning of uh, scripture so pastor ryan introduced this series asking the question can you trust the bible a very important question for uh, today's world of fake news fake politicians fake profiles on social media and we hear uh, so many competing voices in in our world today. But what voice can we trust? What voice do you trust? Do you trust your friend's voice when they speak into your life? Do you trust your parents' voice that you hear yourself saying uh, to your children maybe or that you heard as a child? Your parents' voice. Maybe your own voice. Maybe the voice that's inside of you. Maybe it's the, the father of lies voice. Maybe it's a musician's voice like Kanye West and Joel Osteen. I mean, that's a little bit weird, but um, but it, maybe it's maybe it's musical lyrics that we 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 let into a into our into our mind that voice. Twenty four hour news channels. Anyone watch twenty four hour news? No, uh, some of you might do. Uh, political voices. Have we hear much about that this week? Impeachment. Anyone heard that word uh, this week? Uh, yeah, maybe for the last three years. Um, Okay, and maybe it's your coach's voices. If you're a cowgirl or a puncher, uh, you 
You've heard, hear your coach's voice when you haven't done something right. Or maybe it's an old teacher's voice or an old Sunday school teacher. Whatever that voice is that we have inside of us, uh, we, we, we can kind of recognize it, right? And so I pose this question to y'all this morning. Uh, you like that? Uh, it's just, yeah, Thane did say I would say some Texans, so there it is. Uh, what voice are you listening to? What voice are you listening to? Now, Genesis 1, just to kind of give you a bit of background, Genesis 1 and 2 loudly and boldly proclaims the voice of the Lord as creator, as maker of all things, and a complete harmonious relationship with his creation. But for many, this story doesn't make sense. But for those who trust in him, it makes complete sense. But because Scripture clearly identifies the Lord as central of the whole of time, of course, there's always going to be those who want to mute the voice of the Lord, to make sure that the voice of the Lord is not heard. So when we think about the beginning of Scripture, there are there are multiple conspiracy theories about Scripture, about how it all came together, different ways of believing, distractions, all these other things. And why? Because as humans, as we're going to find out in this story, we are fallible. We are weak. And as much as we believe we can do it on our own, we can't. And if we try and do this this thing called life on our own without God, the Bible calls this sin. Augustine of Hippo, Hippo, uh, uh, an early, what am I saying? I can't remember when he lived, but way back when, a few thousand years ago, Augustine of Hippo said, sin is believing the lie that you are self-created, self-dependent, and self-sustained. A theologian, G.K. Chesterton, responded uh, with his letter to the Times newspaper in London after someone had asked in the paper, what is wrong with this world? And to which G.K. Chesterton replied, Dear sir, what's wrong with the world? I am. So when we think about that, and then, and then the American Standard Version of the Bible in 1 John 1, 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now just some ideas about sin. And the truth is that we've all messed up. Can we all be in agreement with that? We've all messed up. Yeah, okay, five people. Um, It just takes some of us a little longer to admit it, but we all do. So let's jump into the story. If you want to turn with me to uh, to Genesis chapter three, or on your your uh, if you there should be a Bible in front of you. If not, then you can turn on your phone or or mobile device, whatever you brought with you. And here we have. the start of the story. So chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, 
God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, um, who are the main characters in this story? We have the snake or the serpent, a.k.a. Satan. The snake is the voice of temptation. And as we see, the, the voice of temptation comes in the form of the snake. And he promises that they uh, will be, uh, that there will be some, uh, that he makes some false promises, that you're going to see things. And, uh, and that's what deceptive voices do, don't they? They think, well, you're going to experience this amazing thing, and then suddenly we see the consequences of that. And, uh, and sometimes we allow those voices, those deceptive voices, to be louder in our lives than they should be. And what those, when we listen to those deceptive voices, or the, 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 the voice of the father of lies, as I called it earlier, it leads us in a path away from God to sin, and eventually, what's the result of, of going down that way is death. So another character in this is Eve, or the woman, uh, as she, she's only named Eve at the end of this uh, little passage. This Eve is the one who was tempted Promises were made. Status, her status would have been elevated. The tempter presented her with, with the line. And her line was that she wanted to be like God, knowing the difference between, between good and evil. Then we have Adam on the other side. I'm not sh- really sure what Adam was doing um, in, in this other than just following along. I'm just, I'm always, when I look at through this passage, I'm like, where are you, Adam? What are you doing? Why, why are you allowing this to happen? But he was the first created. Maybe he was, you know, maybe he was naming all the animals. I don't know. Maybe he was busy doing that whilst, uh, whilst Eve was, was enjoying the fruit. I don't know. But, um, but he was probably, he just probably named all the animals and was probably feeling pretty, pretty pleased with himself. Um, but here you see that there is clearly a lack of leadership from Adam at the point of this story, in the point of the story. So what does the snake do? The snake raises doubt in Eve's mind. Did God really say? Did he really say you couldn't eat from the tree? How many people have, have heard that voice? And the, yeah, the snake knew that, that Eve had a line. And doubt and confusion cause that line to be blurred. And we all have a line. What is your line when you are tempted? I know I've crossed lines I shouldn't have, but I've also resisted lines when they are presented by the tempter. But over my, over my years of, of kind of ministering to people and discipling people, I've been asked on all sorts of questions I'm sure Ryan's had the same, and many, maybe some of some others of you. What's the line as a Christian? What's the line with money, alcohol, sex, power, relationships, careers, status? What's the line, John? What's the line? What I always say, and I will until I, I die, that Jesus is the line. Jesus is the line. He is the finish line. I will never measure up. I will always mess up. But Jesus never did. And his line, this line that you may have in your mind, is way, way beyond our imagining. 
And that's why God, who has this line, sent Jesus to this world to rescue us and to enable us and help us to live this life so we can try in some way to get towards Jesus and and, uh, rescue us out of temptation and, and sin. But if we go back to the story, Eve had an out. She had an escape if she wanted to choose it. I mean, she could have told Adam. She could have said, Adam, Adam, the snake's trying to tempt me. Help me. Or she could have even called on God, who was walking around. It seems he's walking around. I mean, imagine God walking around. Um, or maybe, uh, maybe she could have called upon the newly named snake-killing animals. You know, I don't know. Um, but the snake played on her weakness. The snake, the serpent, exploited it. And we all have that weakness inside of us. And I am, I am one that is very weak that Satan wants to expose. But Eve wanted to attain wisdom. But do you know yourself? Do you know your weaknesses? Do you know what that thing that that Satan might be drawing upon? And temptation hits us in all sorts of ways. And as we can see with both Adam and Eve, temptation leads to sin. But because we know what happens further in the story of the God, if, if, if you read the kind of like on the second half of the Bible, you will, uh, you will see that there's a, there's a, there's a plan and there's, a, there's something coming. And Jesus breaks the power of temptation. Sometimes we need to have a strategy or a plan that is one step ahead of, of sinning. And first and most importantly, I would say the first step in that is, is coming into a right relationship with God, admitting your sin. But when you do feel tempted... You can. I, I learned this little. Um, what's it called? An acronym, I guess, is what it's called. Um, that I learned early on as a Christian. So ask yourselves these questions. They're going to come up. So um, it says, "Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? If so, halt." Okay. So some of you might actually be like hangry. So you might be like two of those in one. Um, uh, I know I get hangry. Um, but, which is hungry and anger. Uh, okay, and, um, and so, but when, when a temptation is presented, say, okay, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? How am I doing? Am I any of these? Maybe you've just lashed out and, and uh, been, been upset with something. Do a little checklist. The other things, obviously the more spiritual things, uh, would be, have you been in the Word? Have you been praying? There, there are some other things, but often an immediate check we can do is, is something like this. So if so, when you're tempted, there's always a way out. And you can ask yourself some of these little questions. Get into the Word. Pray. Eat. Make peace. Find some friends. Get some sleep. Whatever it may be. But make sure that... Uh, and then if we look at 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, it says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. Eve chose to get Adam, but instead of taking the lead and saying to Eve, stop, he carries on. And both were deceived by the deceiver. So let's look back at the story. Uh, Verse 6. 
when uh, the woman saw that the, the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and what it was uh, desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they uh, knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then uh, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, but I was naked, so I hid. Then he asked, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man replied, The woman gave uh, to be with me. The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate. So the Lord asked the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Because Adam and Eve had been deceived, had eaten the forbidden fruit, and experienced pleasure for a moment, they immediately realized that their eyes were opened and they were consumed with guilt. That's knowing the difference between right and wrong. Has anyone else, have, have anyone felt that way, uh, knowing the difference between right and wrong? But we see it in children too, don't we? Um, there should be a nice, uh, cute little uh, picture coming up. Aha, there they are. The joy of my life. And uh, Ruby, Henry, Evie, and Elsie. And if you've ever spent any time with children, of course not your children, but my children, um, they, <laughs> they can have guilt written all over their faces. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? Maybe, let me give you some examples. Have you ever, and you'll have your own scenario for this. Have you ever walked in on your, your children coloring on the walls? Have you ever seen that? No? Uh, maybe two siblings fighting, uh, one having a bleeding nose, and no one knows how it got there. Maybe uh, one of your children put mummy's makeup on. Uh, someone eating all the candy and having chocolate all over their mouths. These are not, these are not real examples for me, right? of course, all right? And, uh, but you get my point that when they are confronted, they're normally standing right in front of you. And you can usually tell who the guilty one is. Uh, either they have evidence of it, uh, on their face, uh, but they're normally a little bit embarrassed, and or they'll, the, or the other one will go, it was her, or it was him, and they say sorry. In our house, you've got to say sorry pretty quickly, otherwise there's, you know, it could go on for a while. But I can imagine this is how Adam and Eve were feeling. As soon as they'd had the forbidden fruit, they knew the consequences were coming. They had this perfect relationship with God, obeying Him, openness between them and God, freedom, blessing, compliments, working for pleasure, not for toil, fellowship and life with God. That's the kind of relationship we all strive for with the Lord. But instead, Adam and Eve chose rebellion, shame, guilt, bondage, curse, subordination, workers' toil, banishment and ultimately death. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin 
our death. And the result of their rebellion was the way uh, of death instead of life. If we look at verse, I'm not going to read verses 14 to 24, but if you look, uh, if you want to kind of scan over that, it shows the consequences of Adam and Eve's actions. And, uh, but to summarize, the snake was, the serpent was cursed, Eve was cursed, Adam was cursed, and they were driven out of the Garden of Eden into the, w- the wilderness. The original intentions and design for God's creation was falling apart at the seams. Created for purpose and harmony with God, there was now division and hostility. From the beginning of time, God has always been there, but instead of it being easy to be in his presence, God put some hurdles in the way, or we put the hurdles in the way, however you want to look at it. So enter us, 2019 Texans, or British Texans, and into this grand narrative of God's story. Where does all this stuff that we see in, you know, that can seem quite alien to us and foreign to us in a different time and a different place? Are we still under the curse that we read about here in Genesis? Well, I think if, if you haven't believed in Jesus and decide to follow him, unfortunately, yes. But today I believe that God is providing a way out of that curse for you. Do you know why I believe that? Because there's one person that made it possible. There is one man who is the one who broke the curse of sin and death. There is one name that made it possible for you and I to stand before God and and declares us not guilty in front of God our Father It is finished. You are now a son and a daughter of the Most High King. You are an heir to the kingdom of God. His name is Jesus. And all you have to do, all you have to do, I mean, it's not not rocket science. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I believe in you. I love you. I want to lay down my life for you. You are the highest priority in my life. And I want the kind of relationship that I saw in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 that where, where man and woman were created in harmony and there was no division, there was nothing, there was no rebellion between us. I want that, Lord. I want that in my life. And all you have to do is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Some of us, we want to hold on. We want to try and do it on our own. I've, I said, I'm guilty of doing that. But you've got to let him in. Let him transform you. So that why? So that you can transform the world. And I'm so glad that we can look at this story through the lens, through the perspective of the New Testament. Jesus redeems the mistakes of Adam and Eve. Jesus chose death to give life to many, and that includes you and I. Jesus restores those who have, been, who have made mistakes. Maybe you're in here and you've, you've, done, you've made some big mistakes. And uh, the main point that I was going to make today is that in Genesis 3, sin, rebellion from God, entered the world that day. But the great news is that Jesus came to redeem and rescue us from our sins and from all sin from now until and the whole of eternity. But Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, What has been is what will be, 
And what is done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. God has seen it all. Ryan has probably heard it all. There's nothing new under the sun. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. There's nothing that you've done that you can't come into relationship with God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So if you have some sins that you need to get off your chest today, bring it to God. Bring it to God. He will hear you and He will answer you. Uh, A 14th century uh, theologian, Walter Hilton, said, when you attack the roots of sin, fix your thought more on the God that you desire than the sin that you despise. The way that we do that is we confess our need of God. We invite the Holy Spirit in to have His way in our life. Have you invited the Holy Spirit in to help you live this life? Have you just said, okay, Lord, I accept you, but actually inviting God into everything, into the very core of your being and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you? Have you done that? Do you want to do that? Is that a desire that you want? And so I ask this question again, what voice are you listening to? What voice do you want to be listening to? And I... I urge you, I implore you to listen to the voice of your Heavenly Father. And I know that when, when I'm sat there and, and, and listening to the sermon, I'm kind of like, well, um, I know that I've got to get up and kind of do the music and do the invitation, and, uh, and there's not often a chance that I get to respond, but often there's times where I'm like, I really need to respond, but I've got to go up and sing. And so... Um, and so I, I just encourage you, don't be afraid. Like the, and, and the only reason why we invite people up to the front, there's not something holy about this stage. There's nothing, there's nothing holy about it. It's just easier, like from a kind of practical perspective, for people to come up. Uh, but if there's something that you really want to deal with God, Ryan, Ryan's going to be up here and we're going to pray uh, for you. But just, don't miss this opportunity. If you feel like God is speaking to you about something and you want to just get right with God, it's not about us. We're just, we're just facilitators. We're just servants. We're trying to help you get closer to God. But if there's something that you really want to deal with today, don't, don't ignore that voice that's inside. Because you have to know that Jesus is for you and he is not against you. And in Christ, we are no longer banished, but we are accepted. And so, as we think about that, let's, let's stand together. And we're going we're gonna to pray. So I'm going to pray, and then, uh, and then Ryan's going to pray. And... But Lord, I, let's, just have a, let's just have a posture and attitude of, of prayer. Just if everyone wants to close their eyes. And, and Father, Lord, this, this subject of original sin... And sin is not an easy one. But Lord, we all, we all know and can identify with it. And so Father, I pray that if, if there are things that we need to deal with, whatever it may be, small or big, Lord, I pray that there will be no judgment, no condemnation, but Lord, that there will be, there'll be freedom in this place. And so Jesus, I pray for every single person that is in, 
in, in these pews this morning that they would experience the love of you, experience the freedom that you bring, experience and encounter and transformational ways of your presence. And Lord, if there is anyone here who needs to get right with you and come into the fullness of of the relationship with you and, and experience salvation, the miracle, the amazing wonder of salvation, I pray that you'd bring that. Father, the paradox of the gospel. For those that don't have a relationship with you, Father, Lord, the standard to cross a line, Father, that will condemn them, Father, we know that that standard is so very low. As Paul says, we're born into sin. But, Father, if we have a relationship with you, Lord, that standard gets so high, Father, as we're called to be perfect as you are perfect, but, God, you say that you will meet that standard for us. And for those that don't have, Father, Lord, that perfect standard that can be met in you, Lord Jesus, means they don't have a relationship with you, Father, I pray, God, Lord, you would give them a relationship this morning. But for those of us, Lord, that do know you, Father, Lord, let us have, Lord, a very high idea of what it means to serve the King. For those of us that are struggling, Father, with sin and temptation, and Father, even right now where we stand, Father, dealing with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, God, would you please, Father, Lord, remind us of the relationship that we have. Remind us, Lord, of the plan you have for our lives, Father, Lord, not to live for ourselves, but to live for you. Father, to take our struggle, Father, and give it to you and watch you turn it into something amazing and beautiful. God, that's what you do. Lord, you change the standard and you change the outcome for those that know you. Father, for those that don't, it's impossible. So, Lord, please, please make it possible today. As we play this song, and if God's called you to respond, just where you stand or if you need to come down front, it doesn't have to be about sin other struggles, I just pray that you would respond to God this morning. But if you do want to talk about relationship, man, that's the main thing that we want to do this morning. So you come as they sing. And all who are thirsty And all who are we Come to the fountain Dip your heart in stream of life, the pain and the sorrow, be washed away in the waves of His mercy, His deep cries out to deep, we sing, come Lord Jesus. Away 
in the waves of His mercy. His deep cries out to deep. We sing, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And holy. Father, as we wrap, Father, uh, wrap up the time of the service and the invitation, Father, Lord, I know that, Lord, the story that, Lord, that Brother John preached on this morning, Father, uh, Lord, was just a loud crack that entered the creation whenever sin occurred. But, Father, for us to know, Lord God, your response, Father, Lord, was not, as some would see it, Father, as, as condemnation, um, Father, and, and, Lord, instant annihilation, oh, God, Father, you stepped in, Father, Lord, to preserve, uh, Lord, a name for yourself and to offer a way out. And, Father, Lord, that response that you gave in the garden, Father, Lord, the response, Lord, uh, Father, of, of a promised Savior, Lord, the promised redemption, Father, is, is louder, Lord, than the, Lord, the crack of sin. And, Father, we are an example of that as we worship and as we serve here, Father. And, Lord, we do think about all the things that are happening, Lord, around us, God. Lord, we all know people that are affected by sin, as we know ourselves, but, Lord, the other outcomes and struggles that people have. Father, I just pray, Father, Lord, that we would be loud in our service, loud in our prayers, Father, Lord, loud in our lives that we live, Father. We would show people, Lord, the way out. But we thank you for an opportunity, Father, to worship you this morning. Pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, before we dismiss, I want to uh, just introduce somebody to you this morning. Uh, we have uh, Corne. Uh, come on up here, Corne Ford. Now, Corne is uh, Theba's daughter. Uh, Theba uh, has other daughters besides just Jana, but uh, she comes forward this morning and she wants to join our church. And so, looking forward to having another uh, new member orientation soon. But uh, Corne has been worshiping with us off and on for quite a while now, and so she's looking forward to finding her place in the faith family. So, anyways, uh, we'll walk back together, and uh, looking forward to. To serving with Corne in the future. So we'll go to the back and John will lead us out in prayer and you guys have a great rest of the week.